An Orphan by 21, Exiled by 22, author of an autobiography by 23, Nobel Peace Prize winner by 33, mother by 36, presidential candidate by 50, the heroine of Guatemala. When you are convinced your cause is just, you fight for it. A quote by Rigoberta Menchu. And this is Unusual Women. Welcome to the show. As usual, we are your hosts. I'm Brogan, and this is... Michaela. So today we're going to be talking about the Guatemalan activist Rigoberta Menchu. Before we jump into Menchu, I wanted to take a moment to talk about what happened in Guatemala during the, uh, the Civil War, because this is something that I knew so very little about. I mean, I vaguely knew there was a Civil War there. Um, I had no idea it lasted 36 years, and it was actually a mass genocide of indigenous people. So that's a lot to learn in one day, and really shocking that I had no idea any of this was a thing. I know. Education system. Yeah. So between 1960 and uh, the 1990s, this war was going on, and it was between the Maya indigenous people and the Lando peasants against the Guatemalan government. The government was just forcing mass genocide on the Maya people as well as civilians. There's actually no accurate description of like how many people were murdered by the government. The closest they can prove was 200, oh, 250,000 people, and that does not include children. And there was actually a lot of children that died, but they, they weren't even counted in the tally. 83% of the victims were indigenous people. Let's talk about Manchu. Um, she was born in 1959, which is one year before the war had started. Um, she was born to a, a poor indigenous Maya family. Uh, Maya who went to school until about middle school before her father took her out because he thought that he would, she would lose her culture by going to these government-run and taught schools. Her brother and her mother were kidnapped by the Guatemalan government. They were brutally tortured and then killed. And her father was killed in 1980s the burning of the Spanish embassy, which we should talk about. Yeah, so the burning of the Spanish embassy. What is it? Great question. Thank you for asking. It was started as a peaceful protest by the Maya people in the Spanish embassy of Guatemala City. And they went there because they had been um, asking basically any other country, hi, can you help us because we're being murdered uh, and our culture is being erased and all this stuff. And the only country that was sympathetic was Spain. So what they did was they had a peaceful protest that they went in and sat in at the, the Spanish embassy. The, uh, the Guatemalan government was not having any of that. They didn't listen to anything they had to say. They cut power to the building. They stormed the building and took over the first and third floor, trapping everybody on the second floor. They then gassed them and set the whole place on fire where everyone on the second floor burned alive. They wouldn't even let, like, fire trucks were trying to get through. They were, people were trying to help, and they, they just, nope. And uh, yeah, they let 36 people die uh, being burned alive, including Menchu's father. Menchu was exiled to Mexico, um, where she wrote her autobiography. Uh, my name is Rigoberto Menchu, and this is how my conscience was born. Obviously, that title was translated into English. <laughs> right. Um, so it was translated into five languages in total and was an instant success. She was given a platform to talk about the ongoing conflict in Guatemala, and she is the was the co-founder of the United Republic of Guatemalan Opposition. After the war ended, Menchu fought for the prosecution of government leaders that had committed these mass genocides. 
Uh, Spain's court was actually the one that stepped in to help. Because Spain's citizens had been killed in the fire at the embassy, they were able to be like, great, now we can decide what happens to these Guatemalan officials. Also, technically, the embassy is the, is Spain's grounds. Like, that's what Right, happens. so it was an attack on Spain, even right. though they were then able to prosecute people who were part of these genocides that had nothing to do with the burning at the embassy, but just because they had that one thing, they were able to prosecute for the right. whole civil war, which is great. So they extradited a lot of people, brought them back to Spain, and they were found guilty. Yeah, Menchu was huge, though, in the prosecution of those people. She uh, went to the courts themselves, talked directly to them, and was able to uh, get some good, get some justice there. So after all of that, she moved on to improving the quality of life for the people of Guatemala. And she was the president of the Health for All initiative, which provided generic, affordable medication to the citizens of Guatemala. And as we mentioned... She won the 1992 Nobel Peace Prize for her social justice work within Latin America. How nice. Ah, I love when people are recognized for doing good. Yes. And the medicine thing was so neat because she was able to bring affordable medication to smaller villages that were indigenous people that don't obviously have lots of money. They're poorer communities. And she was able to get them medicine. Something that everyone should have access to. Affordable medicine. You're preaching to the choir. I know. Manchu created a political party for indigenous people called... We're going to try and say it. We're probably pronouncing it wrong, but we just want to try and say it because... It's, it's important. It's very important. Wing a Q? I'm not sure if you pronounce the Q, but it's W-I-N-A-Q. Yes. She ran for president twice, but um, didn't receive enough backing, which is a problem in most grassroots movements. Um, she was able to bring the ongoing strifes of indigenous people, however, to presidential debates, which is really important, so they were seen and heard. Yeah, so even though she didn't get enough backing to get very far in running for president, she was still able at these debates to talk about the issues that indigenous people still have. Also, it's worth mentioning, Menchu is alive and well. Yeah, she, she's doing great. She's fantastic. She is still fighting the fight for political traction, and the world always asks, how will you honor the ones that you love? I feel like Manchu really honored her family's sacrifices. She changed the landscape for indigenous rights and brought those responsible for this cruel genocide to justice. And she did that with all of these terrible things that happened to her. Like, her whole family was murdered in these terrible, terrible ways, and she was able to honor them by just changing the world. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yes. Indigenous rights are a problem all over the world. Really? Well, it's true, because then people, other people invade these countries, take over their indigenous land, and take over the indigenous people, right. uh, having more typically manpower and violence and cruel and just awfulness. Yeah. And then they're, yeah, slaving, victimizing people. Right. And it's happening everywhere. It's happening, I mean, it happens in the U.S. with all of the Native Americans. It happens all over Africa with different things. And even in Asia, there's like, you could, any continent, any country, you can usually find it. And ongoing. That's yeah. the other thing. It's not it's just not like. It's not stopped. Yeah, because like, I feel like I'm. Um, me being an American, uh, whenever we think about, like, indigenous people from what we learned in school, it's just, like, 
the Native Americans, you know, had tribes, and the pilgrims came and befriended them. And, you know, they had a big dinner. And it's like, no, okay, wait, wait, wait. First of all, not how that happened. Second of all, it's still happening today. And I think that in the American education system, we were, like, led to believe that was, like, so far in the past. And we're so beyond that. No. Indigenous rights and indigenous cruelty is still happening to this day all over the world and is not talked about enough. It's not. And also most education systems, even if they're studying like world history or world politics or all these things, are not necessarily covering in depth things that happen to indigenous people. Yeah. They I might mean, I mention like I, they, it. They, it's like a mention somewhere. I feel like, I mean, even in my education, what we learned about indigenous Americans, Native Americans, was like they gave us corn there was so much more. We didn't hear anything about their struggles. We heard they gave us some corn. We had a dinner. The Thanksgiving story? Yes. This. The, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I knew nothing really about the Guatemalan um, Civil War, which this is huge. So many people. There was a mass genocide in this country that I knew nothing about. We need to talk more about this. Otherwise, we are going to repeat history all over the world. That is the importance of education. Knowledge is power, people. Knowledge is power. Well, it's like 2020 hindsight, right? In theory, if people actually listen to it. Right. But they have to listen to it first. Yes. Listening so here, is key. You're listening right now, and I'm so proud of you. Good for you. Keep listening. Subscribe. So we want to thank uh, Menchu for absolutely everything you do and have done. You are absolutely incredible. You're an inspiration. Thank you. Thank you, Brogan, for bringing this uh, woman to my attention uh, to do this episode on. Like, learning about this has been truly amazing. So thank you so much, Menchu. I learned about her from... Just like I like I think I had a book on like women in history, and I was like nosing through it, and I was like, oh, wait... <laughs> Let's do this one. This is someone who is doing so much and has done so much, and everyone should read her book. Just putting it out there. Look it up. It's in five languages. Yeah, you got to speak one you of those five no languages. Excuse. I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably know English. Right. So there we go. No excuses. And even if English is your second or third or fourth language, there's probably another language that you can read it in. Just saying. But yes, thank you very much. Thank you to Michaela for fully researching and making sure that we hit as many points as possible without blabbering on because I can ramble. Um, also, thank you to Sterling Nichols for our intro music. It's really appreciated. And thank you all for listening. We love you all. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. We wouldn't have a show if we didn't have listeners. So if uh, there's anybody you want us to research and do an episode on, please send that to us. You can comment. You can uh, you can email us. You can really reach out in any way. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.